Good day, good people, and welcome back to The Word Encounter, episode 128. We're going to pick it up in chapter 23 of Isaiah, but before we do, I was listening to uh, uh, the, the introduction to the episode yesterday, and I said something to the effect uh, that those that I welcome those who are uh, listening and watching. Watching? <laughs> I was like, watching? What the heck is watching? Watching is not a word. That was supposed to be watching. You know, watching and listening, or listening and watching, not listening and watching. But anyway, with that, uh, let's pick it up in chapter 23. And so we see in verse 15, it says, um, this is a pronouncement against Tyre. Again, we're in this phase where uh, Isaiah is pronouncing essentially judgment and whatnot on the various countries and cities and sometimes people uh, as God has his oracle, Isaiah, pronouncing these things against the people. And it says in verse 14 or 15, on that day, Tyre will be forgotten for 70 years, the lifespan of a king. Now, Tyre was a city, a very prosperous city, that was uh, kind of in control of trade in the region. And so they had ships and they were shipping goods back and forth. And so they were very prosperous, but they were also very evil. And so this is a pronouncement coming against Tyre. And it says, at the end of 70 years, what the song says about the prostitute will happen to Tyre. It says in verse 17, at the end of 70 years, the Lord will restore Tyre and she will go back into business, prostituting herself with the kingdoms of the world throughout the earth. And so she's punished for 70 years and now she's off punishment, but she's going to go back to doing what she was doing before. In verse 18, it says, but her profits and wages will be dedicated to the Lord this time. I added to this time, but this time the prophets are going to be dedicated to the Lord. They will not be stored or saved for her profit will go to those who live in the Lord's presence to provide them with ample food and sacred clothing. So we see in other places in the Bible that the word says that uh, God is going to store up the wealth of the uh, wicked for the righteous. Well, this is kind of a, a demonstration of that. So he says they're going to go back. They're going to go back trading and whatnot, but I'm not going to let them keep their profits. See, that's going to go to my people. And so let's go on to chapter 24. Now, in the next four chapters, some people refer to these as the apocalyptic chapters <laughs> um, uh, from Isaiah. And you will understand why in a second. And so in um, the, the section head says, uh, the earth judged. Chapter 24, verse 1, look. The Lord is stripping the earth bare and making it desolate. He will twist its surface and scatter its inhabitants. People and priest alike. See, people and priest alike. Server, uh, servant and master. Female servant and mistress. Buyer and seller. Lender and borrower. Creditor and, deb and debtor. In other words, everybody. The earth will be stri stripped completely bare and will be totally plundered for the Lord has spoken this message. See, the Lord at this point, now we're speaking uh, in, in these uh, chapters, this is out in the future, right? I mean, when I say future, I mean beyond us. See, th this, uh, this is in reference to Judgment Day, and we haven't experienced that yet. And so this is out there in the future. So Isaiah is about, oh, 17 years, 1,700 years out. You know, he's prophesying these uh, from the Lord. And it says, um, 
In verse 5, the earth is polluted by its inhabitants, for they have transgressed teachings, overstepped decrees, and broken the permanent covenant. See, at this point in time, the Lord is fed up with humanity, essentially. He's just fed up. He's tired of it. And it says that, um, uh, that the humanity or the earth's inhabitants have broken the permanent covenant. What is that? I'm not exactly sure. Um, and I don't think anybody else is exactly sure, but what I believe it may mean is that uh, the way man over the millennia has treated his brother, the way man has treated man, you know, the Lord has come to the point where a cleansing is necessary because this just can't go on. That's my take on it. I don't know, but um, that's the way it sounds to me. Verse six, therefore a curse has consumed the earth and its inhabitants have become guilty. The earth's inhabitants have been burned and only a few survive. Now, there are survivors. That's the key thing here. There are survivors. See, after this judgment comes, there are survivors. And so, uh, let's see, chapter 6, let's drop down to chapter 14, and it says, they, the survivors, uh, raise their voices and sing out. They proclaim uh, in the West the majesty of the Lord. Therefore, in the East, honor the Lord. In the coast of islands, in the coast and islands of the West, honor the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. In other words, the survivors are saying, wherever you are, honor the Lord. Wherever you are, it doesn't matter. Verse 16, from the ends of the earth, we hear songs, the splendor of the righteous one. So it's just saying it's all over the earth. We hear songs praising his name, even though, even in the midst of this tragedy. Verse 17, it says, panic, pit, and trap await you who dwell on the earth. Whoever flees at the sound of panic or will fall into a pit and whoever escapes from the pit will be caught in a trap. In other words, there'll be nowhere to hide. You can't go anywhere. You can't flee anywhere. You can't run anywhere. <sighs> For the floodgates on high are open and the foundations of the earth are shaken. So everything that we know to be real, everything that represents uh, a realism and everything that we consider to be realistic, all that's going to be shaken. See, all that's going to be shaken, you know. In verse 21, it says, On that day the Lord will punish the army of the heights in the heights and the kings of the ground on the ground. What does that mean? He will punish the army of the heights in the heights. In other words, he will punish the angels that fell with Lucifer, that rejected God because they wanted to be superior to God. They wanted to be like God's. It says, on that day, the Lord will punish the army of the heights in the heights. He's going to punish the angels and the kings of the ground on the ground. In other words, those humans on the ground on the earth here who have defied him, who have mocked him, who have not believed him, who have tried to live life on their own terms. He's going to say, I'm going to punish the kings of the ground on the ground. See, so the angels and those on the ground, the humans are going to be punished together. Those who tried to mock and defy God. In verse 22, it says they will be gathered together like prisoners in a pit. They will be confined to a dungeon. After many days, they will be punished. And so it says they're going to be jailed. They're going to be in a cell. They're going to be uh, in a dungeon. But that's not their punishment. 
It says they will be confined to a dungeon after many days in the dungeon, then they will be punished. Chapter 25, the section title says, Salvation and Judgment on That Day. Chapter 25, verse 1, Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will praise your name, for you have accomplished wonders, uh, plans formed long ago with perfect faithfulness. God, you laid this thing out long ago. Again, this is Isaiah prophesying about 1,700, 1,800 years ago. See, he's prophesying, Lord, you know, with perfect faithfulness, you're executing this plan, just as you told us. Verse 4, for you have been a stronghold for the poor person, a stronghold for the needy in his distress, a refuge from storms, and a shade from the heat. In other words, God, you have been protector of the poor. You have been a stronghold for the needy. You have been a refuge from the storms and a shade from the heat. You've been protecting these people, the poor people. Now, we will have uh, or we have a tendency when we see like poor people to refer uh, or, or to think just the finances, the financially poor. And to be sure, that is, you know, you know uh, the people that are being talked about. But those aren't the only poor people that are being talked about, in my opinion, because you can be poor in many ways other than just finances. You can be poor in spirit. You can be poor in relationships. You can be poor in health. You can be poor in belief. You can be poor a lot of different ways. And so I like to think that th- this, this poverty that's being referred to here includes all the poor people for those that want to be honest with themselves and identify themselves as poor in a certain area, needing and seeking help. For you have been a stronghold for the poor person, a stronghold for the needy in his distress. See, you get a bad news from the doctor, a bad report from the doctor. You're in distress. It says a stronghold for the need. You're in need at that point in that time. It says the Lord can be your stronghold. Will you allow him to be a refuge from the storms and a shade from the heat? In verse 6, it says, On this mountain the Lord of armies will prepare for all peoples. On this mountain, the Lord of armies will prepare for all peoples a feast of choice meat, a feast with aged wine, prime cuts of choice meat, fine vintage wine. (laughs) Wine gets mentioned twice. (laughs) It says, for the Lord prepares a feast for all people. Verse 7. On this mountain, he will swallow up the burial shroud, the shroud over all the peoples, the sheet covering all the nations. Burial shroud, what are we talking about? He's talking about a death cloth. On this mountain, he will swallow up the death cloth. A cloth over all people. All of us will die. And so, uh, you know, It is, in many cases, the fear of the thing that we fear that is more debilitating than the thing itself. What is that? What are you talking about, Mike? Well, let me give you an example. 
for the longest time, I had a fear of needles. I had needle phobia. And so I avoided shots. I don't think I had a shot from about when I was 14 or 15 until I was 31. I avoided it at all costs. <clears throat> at 31, I started to have a health challenge. Uh, praise God, it hasn't uh, um, come back. But I had a seizure disorder. And, um, <clears throat> and so I had to get a series of shots. And so the night before I had to get a shot, I couldn't sleep. <laughs> I was terrified. I was terrified of the needle. You know, <laughs> that's the honest God truth. And so I couldn't go to sleep. I just thought about it. I just thought about it. I just thought about it. But because I had the seizure disorder and I had to get the, you know, shots on a relatively regular basis, I also had to get my blood drawn on a regular basis. <clears throat> That was just terrifying. And so then I got my blood drawn. It wasn't pleasant. I did it again, I did it again. And you know, hey, now it's no big deal. It's just something I have to do, you know, say la vie, whatever. But what I discovered was that I was not afraid of the blood draw or the shot or the needle. I was terrified by the fear of it. See, so the fear had gripped me. The fear had paralyzed me. The fear had debilitated me. And so with so many times, it's like with death, you know, people uh, are, are afraid of death. And so they allow that fear to control them. It's not really the dying part. It's the fear of the dying. And so it says here that he will swallow up the burial shroud, the shroud over all peoples, the sheet covering all the nations. And, and so if he's taking death away, he's taking the fear of death away. See, and taking the debilitation away. And so it says, on this mountain, he will swallow up the burial shroud. Hallelujah. Verse 8, when he has swallowed up death once and for all, the Lord God will wipe away the tears from every face and remove his people's disgrace from the whole earth. The Lord has spoken. That is tremendous. Thank you, God. In verse 10, it said, but Moab will be trampled in his place as straw is trampled in a dung pile. So Moab here is representative of all of the people, not just the, the, the country of Moab, but all the people who don't believe in God, all the people who mock God, all the wicked, all the evil. It says, but those people will be trampled in his place as straw is trampled in a dung pile. I think that is pretty explicit and needs no more explanation. Then we see in chapter 26, the subtitle or the heading is um, a song, the Song of Judah. We drop down to verse 4 and it says, Trust in the Lord forever, because in the Lord, the Lord himself is an everlasting rock. That is awesome when you think about it. Trust in the Lord forever because in the Lord, the Lord himself is an everlasting rock. The word says the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In other words, he changes not. Almost everything around us changes. We change, our children change, you know, uh, the scenery changes. Uh, you know, I, sometimes I go to my uh, hometown and look around. Everything's changed. The businesses have changed. The landscape has changed. Everything's changed. <clears throat> But God is an everlasting rock. He changes not. Verse 5, and that is reassuring. 
that we can trust in something that doesn't change. Verse 5, for he has humbled those who live in lofty places in inaccessible city. He brings it down. He brings it down to the ground. He throws, uh, he throws it to the dust. He has taken those who are lofty in their own eyes, and he has humbled them. He has brought them down to the ground. He throws them to the dust, and then guess what? It says in verse 6, feet trample it, the feet of the humble, the steps of the poor. And so typically the poor have been oppressed by those who have lifted themselves up, sometimes knowingly, sometimes unknowingly, and it says that the Lord is going to grab them, throw them to the dust, and then those that were oppressed will trample on them the feet of the humble, the steps of the poor. Justice will be served. The next section says God's people vindicated. The path of the righteous is level. You clear a straight path for the righteous, Lord. Thank you. Verse 9, it says, I long for you in the night. Yes, my spirit within me diligently seeks you, for when your judgments are in the land, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. My spirit seeks you. It says, um, my spirit diligently seeks you. I long for you. For when you are the judge in the land, the inhabitants in the world will learn righteousness. See, but because you learn righteousness doesn't mean you execute righteousness. You can know the difference between right and wrong, but still do wrong. And so we know that um, a lot of people, in my, in my observation of life, most people know the difference between right and wrong. And most people know when they're doing wrong but they do it anyway. It's not that they're doing it out of ignorance. They know it's wrong, but they still do it. Verse 14, it says, The dead do not live, departed spirits do not rise up. Indeed, you have punished and destroyed them. You have wiped uh, out all memory of them. See, it says, The dead do not live, departed spirits do not rise up. Indeed, you have punished and destroyed them. You have wiped out all memory memory of them, them being the wicked and and the evil people. But we all die, right? And so it's saying here, you know, they do not live so they can do evil no more. We all die. Verse 19, it says, your dead, I'd like to say, however, your dead will live. Their bodies will rise. Awake and sing, you who dwell in the dust, for you will be covered with the morning dew. Hallelujah. And the earth will bring out the departed spirits. And so those who have faith and trust in the Lord who die will live again and their bodies will rise. And it says that they will be covered with the morning dew and the earth will bring out the departed spirits. So so not only will your body rise, but your spirit will invade your body again. Verse 20. Go, my people, enter your rooms and close your doors behind you. Hide for a little while until the wrath has passed. For look, the Lord is coming from his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth will reveal uh, the bloodshed on it and will no longer conceal her slain. So what is it saying? So it's saying, look, on, on judgment day, in that day, Look, the righteous, go in your rooms, hide for a little while until the wrath is passed. This reminds me of the Passover uh, in Moses' time, right? And so uh, God was sending the death angel for the firstborn. And he said, put the blood of the, on, on the, uh, the, blood of the lamb on the, um, above you know, your door, and the death angel will pass over you. And so this is essentially saying something similar. 
for the lo- for the Lord is coming uh, from his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. And so this punishment is for those who those evil and wicked who mocked and and and, and disregarded God and, and whatnot. They will have their day. And it says the earth will reveal the bloodshed on it and will no longer conceal her slain. And so <laughs> the earth will give up the slain. Chapter 27. <sighs> It says Leviathan slain. Now Leviathan um, is maybe a mythical or maybe it's real. I don't know. But what I do know is that it's supposed to be a seven-headed serpent, like big, large, strong, evil, wicked creature. Uh, and it's representative of those people. Uh, it's representative of evil. It's representative of those people who um, exercise evil and wickedness on the earth. And it says, on that day, the Lord with his relentless, large, strong sword will bring judgment on Leviathan, the fleeing serpent, Leviathan, the twisting serpent. He will slay the monster that is in the sea. He will kill all wickedness. All evilness will be dead. In the next heading, it says the Lord's vineyard. Verse two, on that day. Sing about a desirable vineyard. I am the Lord who watches over it to water it regularly so that no one disturbs it. I watch over it night and day. And so his vineyard, his precious ones, his children, his people, those who call on his name, those who seek him. He says, I am the Lord who watches over you. So you're my vineyard. I watch over you. I water you. I feed you. You know, I secure you. I clothe you. I keep you safe. And it says, so that no one disturbs you. I watch over you day and night. <sighs> that is tremendous. I know I need it anyway. In verse 6, it says, the days, In the days to come, Jacob will take root, Israel will blossom and bloom, and will fill the whole world with fruit. And so this is interesting, right? So Jacob rep- representing Israel, it says, his, In the days to come, Jacob will take root, Israel will blossom and bloom, and will fill the ho- whole earth with fruit. And remember, up until this point now, all we've seen from Israel is from them, you know, turning, you know, getting straightened out by God and then turning to evil and wickedness, getting straightened out by God and then turning back to evil and witness uh, and evil and wickedness, then getting straightened out by God. And so we see this repeated thing, but it says here, uh, that in the future, at, in, in that day, on that day, <clears throat> they'll fill the whole world with fruit. In other words, the whole world will benefit. <clears throat> we drop down here to chapter 12. It says, on that day, the Lord will thresh or judge grain from the Euphrates River as far away as the Wadi of Egypt, and you Israelites will be gathered one by one. On that day, a great ram's horn will be blown, and those lost in the land of Assyria will come, as well as those dispersed in the land of Egypt. And they will worship the Lord at Jerusalem on a holy mountain. In other words, in that day, the Lord will gather his people from all parts, all corners of the globe. He will gather them back home. And in, when they're gathered back home, they will benefit the whole earth. Now, I don't know if this is referring to just the Jews and the Israelites or if this is referring to all those who call on his name, all those, all those who believe on Jesus, all of those who, um, uh, who seek his face. I don't know. But I do know that uh, in this homecoming, in this homegoing, the result of this homegoing and everybody coming back together 
will be a sign of the end of the evil age and the end of wickedness in the earth. This is all prophesied by Isaiah 17, 1800 years ago. Oh, for that day. Father God, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for the wisdom of your word. And with that, we are done for today. And we will pick it up in chapter 28 tomorrow, where we will be back to the pronouncements against the nations and cities and so on and so forth. And so with that, everybody have a tremendous rest of your day. Uh, and hopefully you'll be with me tomorrow as we continue on with the word encounter. I believe it'll be episode 129. Everybody take care. Bye-bye now. <laughs>